Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Music of Life Church podcast. We're going to discuss the Romans 12 20 episode. If you haven't heard it, please give it a listen. We're going to help you understand how to interact with a person who holds the man made traditional views of what we covered in the What the Flock episode. I'm Jonathan Freese here with Joel Swakowski. Hi, Joel. Can you remind us of the verse from this episode? Yeah, Romans 12 20. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Excellent. What are your initial thoughts from this episode? There's a lot packed into this one verse. But I have heard this verse preached multiple times and never the way we just described it. Hmm. Every time I've heard this verse preached, and even the commentaries I've read researching this, I always do the whole, really, I've more often than not, I hear the pastor rich perspective, the loose side, the warming your enemies. Hmm. So yeah, that was, it was great. I was glad to unpack this and, and to help people understand this verse the way God intends it to be understood. Cause I think largely this verse is being used to enable people. Yeah, that makes sense. Can you give us an overview of the damage done with this episode's verse? Yeah, simply we see people misusing the doctrines of love, reward, and forgiveness in order to enable comfort in themselves and others. Nice. So how would you handle a person who holds to the man-made belief about this verse? Well, Jonathan, let's take a look. It depends on what they believe about this verse. So here's some popular options. Number one, this verse is about warming the head of your enemy, helping them feel good, right? We've covered that. Well, how would you interact with a person who held this perspective about this verse? I could simply ask them, wouldn't this be enabling your enemy? I could even ask them, how do you determine who your enemy is? So what this does is it gets down to some of the meaning behind these, the words that this person's using, and also cutting right through the issue that you know, warming the head of your enemy is not is not necessarily it isn't entirely what the verse is talking about at all. So that co- the contradiction there is, you help them feel good about the evil that they're doing. That would be what was enabled, yeah. So, Helping them feel good in response to the evil they're committing, yeah. So essentially, you're helping them. You know, we've talked about flipping your conscience which is when someone does something when someone does something wrong that makes them feel guilty they should feel bad now now when they feel bad instead of you or letting them feel bad or helping them confess and repent you essentially help them feel good about it in one step. Yeah. It's okay. You know, could have happened to anyone. Don't worry about it. 
all have sinned and fallen short of God, the glory of the Lord. Have a good one. Yeah. And therefore like it well, makes it easier. It makes it easier to sin in the future, to do wrong in the future. Right. That's one of the things we've helped people with. We don't like feeling guilt, right? Feeling uh-uh. guilty feels icky. Yeah. One of the ways that we've helped people with that is recognizing good people feel guilt when they do bad things. Bad people don't. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, although I don't like the way I feel when I feel guilty, it's good to know that it's coming from a place of like, all right, at least at least my brain is still in a position of like, when I do something unjust or wrong to somebody, I still get tweaky about it, which is good. That's a nice. good thing. Yeah. Great. Well, the sec- a second perspective from this verse, we should be looking to serve the hungry and the thirsty. The Bible says so. This is kind of like what Apostle Tater was getting at where it takes this verse and it just turns it into an encouragement or uh, maybe even putting a law on somebody to go and serve the poor, serve at homeless shelters, go and do this. Why? Because the Bible says so. Now, my, my response to this person would be to ask them, you know, you look at the verse and I ask them a question that, their belief isn't really covering is, well, what does this have to do with overcoming our enemies or overcoming evil with good? You're just telling us to go and serve the hungry and thirsty. You're telling us to do what the Bible says, but what the, essentially what I'm doing here is taking a specific question. That's drawing attention to the point of, okay, that's what this verse says, but what does it mean? Why are we meant to do this? Nice. And hopefully that brings the person with this perspective to a point where they start slowing down and considering what does this mean? Right. Cause it is, I mean, you, you look at this verse and it's, if your enemy hunger, feed him, if he thirst, give him to drink for in so doing, you, 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 he calls a fire on his head. So if your enemy is hungry, feed, feed, feed your enemy give your enemy something to drink are two ways that Paul's is encouraging us to heap coals of fire on someone. Yeah. These are two methods where it's like, okay, it, he's like knocking it out or knocking out the, well, yeah, but how am I supposed to do? Or like, what am I supposed to do? Here's if, two things you could do. Here you right? go. Here are two coal heaping techniques for you. Unfortunately, what we do this all the time is we take verses like this, we'll take what it says, and we try to apply that what to every context, but it's not contextless. Because if it was, then it would, like, the the danger there is you take this verse and essentially what you're saying then is the only way, or if I'm not feeding or giving drink to my enemy i'm not doing the word of god it's like no it's deeper than that right nice number three here's another perspective that's similar is we're supposed to show our good works so people are glorifying god so this turns this verse into again kind of what, what what apostle tater was talking about almost turning this verse into an evangelistic effort of i'm showing forth my good works my response to this would be like, yeah, but good works is an effect of what? 
And again, also, what does this have to do with dealing with your enemy? Nice. Number four, a fourth perspective, you know, and this is kind of more uh, more on the, the loose side, yeah. more of what Pastor Rich would have been talking about, where it's just love people. That's what this is about, which is great. But if somebody said that to me and they gave no explanation as to how or why to do this, a question I could ask is, what do you mean by love? And here what I want to do is just I'm double checking to make sure, does this person understand? that Paul's encouragement here is about giving God room to move against your enemy justly. Yeah. yeah. If is that is, and I'm just checking with the person, is that what you mean by love? Huh. And just asking that question, what do you mean by love? Might, might, might show you whether or not this person is someone who's, on the loose side, fully believing the whole, this is about making my, my enemy comfortable. And then the fifth one, now we're going kind of all the way to the other side. In the, this fifth perspective, a person could believe about this verse is, well, this verse is really about our enemies reaping what they've sown. So now I've, I've swung the pendulum all the way to the other side, and a person takes this verse to mean, Paul's showing us how we can take vengeance out on our enemy. Hmm. Yeah. Where this person would be like, oh, I'm not talking about warming and making my enemy cozy. I'm talking about stoning my enemy and and executing justice against them. The Bible okay. says so. So they skip over the verse 19. Yeah. And giving giving the benefit, giving a benefit right. to your enemies. Right. Versus like you, they're focused on punishing, punishing. Their, yeah. their enemies. Got it. And so ultimately with this, I could ask the person, well, what about verse 19 that says avenge not yourself? Or if I didn't want to even do that, I could just simply ask them if I wanted to go a little deeper to some of the implications behind this perspective is just ask them, are you judge? And, and although this is about overcoming evil, it is about overcoming evil with good. So how is this overcoming evil with good? Nice. Yeah, taking out your own justice or, you know, seeking vengeance is ta- is is taking away something. Right. Which is which would be evil. You'd be yeah. overcoming evil with evil. Yeah. Not overcoming evil with good by providing a benefit. This person already took from me and you're telling me to give them more. Yeah. I yep. am. And long-term God's going to be able to make it right in a way you never could imagine. Nice. That again, this is the, this is an opposite perspective. This is, this is dissolved. Yeah. Yeah. Human us humans don't naturally work according to, to this, this belief. So you have an enemy, someone, they they take from you. If you want justice to be equaled out upon them, just continue to give to them. Yeah. Well, this leads to the ultimate answer. Can you remind us once more what the ultimate answer is, Joel? 
ultimate answer is loving your enemies and forgiving their injustices will result in them being further on the negative side of the justice scale, getting them closer to breaking and being closer to God. Also resulting in the person who did love gaining spiritual reward in return. It it helps when I think about the verse, you know, the verse of the prodigal son, where the, the prodigal goes, you know, I want my inheritance. And the father goes, boom, here, here's all of it. And what he did is he went out and he spent it all. And was in a really bad spot and it actually it broke him. So yeah, it you're, did. You're 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 giving to your enemies to facilitate a break in them. And that the father in that he gave him his inheritance and he forgave. He let go of any control he had over, you know, he didn't take out his own justice and it got ugly before it got better. Mm-hmm. But the prodigal son was never closer to God than when he was in that pig pen, was he? It's true. He was basically rehearsing, imagining how to come back to the father and be a servant, not a son. Yeah. Amazing. Now it's just the manager keeping that mentality he had in the pig pen as he walks back home. (laughs) Right. Can we, can we, can we embrace and keep that just human? Keep that humble perspective because he was humiliated, right? We've talked about this. Yeah, we have. The prodigal son was humiliated. If he maintains that humble perspective he experienced through his humiliation, he'll never be humiliated again. Amazing. Okay, so here's the verse based upon the ultimate answer, based upon what we've learned from this this episode. And I'm going to say the verse again according to God's language, according to the truth and the doctrine that we've learned. So unpacking everything. So we have Romans 12, 20 is therefore, if your enemy is in need, so whatever he needs, if he's hungry, if he's thirsty, it goes past whatever it, whatever the situation of your enemy is to whatever it is that he needs. So if your enemy is in need, if they have a need, Love him and forgive him, and you will help him be further in the hole and that much closer to breaking and turning to God. Doing so will also result in you gaining spiritual value. Incredible. Awesome. Well, thank you, Joel. Thank you to everyone who's listening. This has been the Music of Life Church podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please let us know. We'll see you next time.